Chapter Sixteen of On the Trail of the Space Pirates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On the Trail of the Space Pirates by Carrie Rockwell. Chapter Sixteen. "'And you never picked up that static flash again, eh?' mused Strong, looking at Roger. "'Well, the only reason I can think of is that someone aboard the Avenger must have discovered what was happening.' "'That's the way I figure it, sir,' replied Roger. The Solar Guard captain studied the scanner that was now working in perfect order. "'It's a tough break that we couldn't get that fix on Coxine's position.' I was counting on it, but at least we found Tom. That's plenty to be thankful for. How is he, sir? asked Roger. He'll be all right, replied the Solar Guard captain, his face showing the strain of the past weeks. We gave him pure oxygen, and he came to long enough to tell us what happened aboard the Avenger. Get me teleceiver contact with Space Academy as soon as possible. I've got to send the report to Commander Walters. Right, sir. You've done a good job, Manning. Your work here on the radar bridge did as much toward saving Tom's life as anything. Thank you, sir. After what Tom did on the Avenger, though, I don't feel like I've done very much. It took real courage to go aboard that ship with Coxine. Strong smiled wearily. Well, the boy is safe now, and we have a good idea what part of the belt Coxine is operating in. With a little luck and a thorough fleet patrol, we might be able to get him before he can do any more harm. Strong went below to the cadet's quarters, where Astro was sitting quietly, watching Tom. The cadet was sound asleep. When Strong entered, Astro held a finger to his lips and met the captain at the door. How is he? whispered Strong. He's been sleeping since he spoke to you, sir, said Astro. He's pretty weak, but I don't think there's anything seriously wrong with him. After a good rest, he'll be as good as new. Thank the universe for that, breathed Strong. He glanced at the sleeping cadet and then turned back to Astro. Better take your station. He'll be all right now. I want to get back to the academy as soon as I can. Yes, sir. Attention, Captain Strong, Roger's voice crackled over the intercom loudspeaker. I've made contact with Commander Walters at Space Academy, sir. He's standing by for your report. Strong returned to the control deck, where he saw the sharp image of the Space Academy commander waiting on the teleceiver screen. He told the grim-faced senior officer of discovering the static Morse code flashes sent out by Tom from the Avenger and a race to save Tom's life. When he finished, the commander's face seemed to relax. When Corbett wakes up, give him my personal congratulations, Steve. That goes for Astro, Roger, and yourself as well. Thank you, sir, said Strong. Since Coxine seems to be operating exclusively out of the asteroid belt, I think it would be a good idea to concentrate the entire fleet of patrol ships in that area. Good idea. I'll set it up. But get back here as soon as possible, Steve. 
Coxine and that crew on the Avenger aren't sitting still. What do you mean, sir? In the last three days, we've had reports from seven ships, jet liners, passenger freighters, and supply ships. All were attacked by the Avenger and stripped of everything those criminals could load on their murderous backs. Blasters, paralo ray guns, whole and synthetic foodstuffs, clothes, money, jewels, equipment. Everything under the stars that they could use. Any ship that even comes close to the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, unless escorted, is a dead space bird. And if we did provide an escort, we wouldn't have enough ships left to carry on the search. Strong listened to the news with a rising anger. I'll blast back to the academy as soon as I can, sir, said Strong. Fine, said the commander. And transmission. And transmission. Strong turned off the teleceiver and called Roger onto the radar bridge. Have you got a course back to the academy, Roger? Yes, sir. All right, give it to Astro, and let's get moving. Every minute wasted now is the difference between a ship looted and the future safety of the space lanes. I have a feeling that Coxine is not just playing for the hauls he makes on those helpless jetliners. I don't get you, sir. Look at it this way, Roger, replied Strong with a grim smile. A man smart enough to do what he did while he was confined to a prison asteroid might have bigger ideas now that he's free. Ideas about himself and the whole Solar Alliance. During the weeks following, the activity of Bull Coxine and his pirate crew justified Captain Strong's fears. Repeatedly, ships were attacked on the fringe of the asteroid belt and stripped of armor, food supplies, and valuables. With the secret of the light key, the vaults of the ships were opened as easily as though there had been no lock at all. The totals had reached staggering amounts, and the daring of the Avenger was more pronounced as Coxine struck repeatedly, farther and farther away from the protection of the asteroid belt. It seemed as though he were taunting the Solar Guard with his exploits. All defense measures seemed to be futile. When the space freighters and jetliners were armed and tried to resist attack, Coxine blasted them into helpless space junk at a frightful cost of life. When the ships were escorted by powerful rocket cruisers, the pirate refused to attack, but the search squadrons were correspondingly depleted. The combinations of the energy locks were changed every day, but with the adjustable light key, Coxine met every change easily. The entire Solar Alliance was in an uproar, and the citizens of the planets were clamoring for action. Finally, the commanding officers of the Solar Guard noticed a change in Coxine's operations. Instead of merely attacking spaceships and hijacking their cargoes, he now took over the vessel completely, sending the passengers and crews drifting helplessly in space in jet boats. Three large, fast space freighters of the same class as the Avenger were now in the pirates' hands. Then, one morning, in his headquarters at Space Academy, Captain Strong received an electrifying report. Coxine had attacked a freighter escorted by a Solar Guard rocket scout. Outgunned, the scout had been destroyed, but it had inflicted damage on the Avenger. The last report from a dying communications officer 
on the scout was that the pirate ship was drifting helplessly in space. Strong, his face showing hope for the first time in weeks, burned the teleceivers, flashing orders to the various elements of the search fleet to converge on the disabled Avenger. Attention, all ships in quadrants C through M and Q, through B-1, proceed full thrust to quadrant A-2, section 59. On approaching target, you will signal standard surrender message, and if not obeyed, you will open fire. Behind him, the three cadets of the Polaris unit listened to the decisive words of their commander, and then let out an ear-splitting yell. No time for celebrating, barked Strong. We haven't caught him yet. He's the slickest thing to hit this system since the reptiles climbed out of the Venusian mud. It's going to be a case of our getting him before he can disappear into the asteroid belt. So let's hit the high, wide, and deep. Five minutes later, Strong and the boys were aboard their ship. Ready to blast off, sir, reported Tom. The curly-haired cadet's face was still pale and drawn, showing the effects of his ordeal in space. Get me direct teleceiver contact with Captain Randolph on the rocket cruiser Sirius, ordered Strong. Yes, sir, replied Tom. He turned to flip on the teleceiver, and a moment later the captain's face appeared on the screen. Randolph here. What's up, Steve? I've got Squadron 19 of the Martian Reserve Fleet heading for the last reported position of the Avenger now, Randy. I'll take the point position of your squadron and direct operations. I'll relay course to you as soon as we're in space. Okay, Steve, replied Randolph. I'm ready to raise ship. I'll go up first. Form up around me at about 5,000 miles. And transmission. And transmission. All right, Tom, ordered Strong. Let's get out of here. The young cadet strapped himself into his acceleration chair, then picked up the control panel intercom and began calling out orders crisply. Stand by to raise ship. All stations check in. Power deck standing by, replied Astro from below. Radar bridge standing by, acknowledged Roger over the intercom. Energize the cooling pumps. The whine of the mighty pumps began to fill the ship almost as quickly as Astro acknowledged the order. Feed reactant, snapped Strong, strapping himself in beside Tom. A low, muted hiss joined the sound of the whining pumps as Tom opened the valves. Reactant feeding at D-9 rate, sir, he reported. Roger, called Strong into the intercom. Do we have a clear trajectory? Clear space, Skipper, was Roger's breezy answer. All right, Tom, said Strong. Cut in takeoff gyros. The cadet closed the master switch on the control panel, and the noise from the power deck below began to build to an unbearable crescendo. Watching the sweeping second hand of the chronometer, Tom called out, Blast off minus five, four, three, two, one, zero. With a mighty roar, all main rockets of the spaceship exploded into life, shuddering under the sudden surge of power the ship rose from the ground, accelerated at the rate of seven miles per second, and arrowed into the sky, spaceborne. On the Academy spaceport, ships of Squadron L began to blast off one by one behind the Polaris at ten-second intervals. 
three rocket cruisers, six destroyers, and twelve rocket scouts, the explosive blast of one hardly rolling away across the surrounding hills before another deafening blast lifted the next space vessel away from Earth. Aboard the Polaris, Roger was busy over the chart table, plotting the course, when Strong appeared at his side. "'Have that course for you in a minute, sir,' said Roger. He turned to the astrogation prism and made careful observations of Regulus, the fixed star always used in astrogation. He jotted several numbers down on a piece of paper, rechecked them against a table of relative values, and handed the papers to Strong. The captain immediately opened the teleceiver and relayed the information to other ships of the squadron. After the Polaris had made the course change, the ships followed, taking positions all around the lead vessel. Like fingers of a giant hand, the Solar Guard squadrons converged on the reported position of the disabled Avenger. From every ship, radar scanners probed the space ahead with invisible electronic fingers for contact with the target. On the Polaris, Strong, his nimble brain figuring Coxine's possibilities of escape, hunched over the chart table and worked at plotting alternate courses on which he could send pursuit squadrons on a moment's notice. One thing worried Strong, and that was if Coxine should repair his ship and make the security of the asteroid belt before they could reach him, it would be almost impossible to track him through that tortuous maze of space junk. Squadron 10 was the first to sight the enemy spaceship, though it was too far away to attack. The commander reported his finding to Strong immediately. We still have quite a way to go before we reach him, Strong, but if our luck holds out, we might be able to pin him down in a wide circle. Strong studied the chart and marked the position of the Avenger just reported. He compared the position to that of the other fleet ships, and decided that they were still too far away to tighten a ring of armor around the pirate. Strong was well aware that if the Solar Guard could spot Coxine, he in turn could spot them. Luck, mused Strong to himself, was what they needed now. A little luck to keep the pirate from repairing his ship and disappearing into the asteroid belt. He grabbed the intercom and bawled orders. Power deck, emergency space speed. Control deck, relay that order to every ship converging on the Avenger's position. What's up, sir? Asked Tom from below. One of the ships has spotted Coxine. He's apparently still out of commission, but we're too far away to hail him. Strong began to pace the deck of the radar bridge, and with each turn he glanced at the radar scanner, where Roger was waiting anxiously for the telltale blip of the Avenger to appear. Suddenly the blond-haired cadet stiffened. He peered at the scanner screen, then cried, There he is, sir! His finger pointed to a white outline on the scanner. Strong took a quick look at the pirate's position and compared it to the positions of the converging fleet. He turned to the teleceiver and signaled for the immediate attention of all ships. This is Strong aboard the flagship Polaris. All ships will proceed according to attack plan 17, code 9. Use full power, emergency thrust. As the minutes passed and the Solar Guard fleet plunged forward, the ships forged a solid wall of guns around the drifting pirate vessel. From above, below, 
in almost every compass point on the plan of the ecliptic they closed in deadly blasters aimed gunners ready to fire we've got him sir breathed roger he can't escape now not in a million light years captain strong didn't reply eyes were glued to the scanner watching the target and the solar guard squadrons searching for every possible loophole in the trap suddenly he spoke into the teleceiver attention all ships maintain present range reduce speed and take englobement formation in reply the elements of the fleet smoothly reformed until they formed a giant wheel in space with the pirate ship as the hub around and around they flew all inboard guns trained on the enemy as the command ship the polaris flew high over the formation strong checked the formation carefully on the scanner and nodded his satisfaction i think we've done it now manning he sighed coxine doesn't have a chance of breaking through roger looked unhappy ah uh, it was too easy sir he grumbled i was counting on having some fun after all these weeks of heartache i'll skip the fun if you don't mind said strong wryly and turned to the intercom tom check in aye aye sir head for the avenger close in you mean we're going to lead the attack sir tom shouted in a sudden burst of enthusiasm from the looks of things i don't believe an attack will be necessary replied strong we're going alongside to accept coxine's surrender start blasting aye aye sir as tom's voice was heard over the intercom speaker issuing orders to astro for change of course strong turned back to roger open up the audioceiver to all wave transmission you going to talk to coxine sir yes and i hope he'll listen if he doesn't i'll do my talking with six-inch blasters roger quickly adjusted the settings on the audioceiver and then turned to his skipper she's all yours sir give it to him good strong smiled thinly and picked up the microphone attention bull coxine attention bull coxine strong's voice was cold and hard this is captain strong of the solar guard you're surrounded you haven't a chance of escape i demand your unconditional surrender acknowledge immediately strong flipped the key to open the receiver and waited for the reply roger moved closer his eyes glued to the image of the pirate ship looming larger and larger on the scanner fifteen seconds passed thirty there was no sound over the receiver sweat began to bead strong's forehead and he opened the transmitter key again listen coxine i know you can hear me i'll only talk to you once more surrender or you'll be blasted into protons i'll give you exactly thirty seconds to make up your mind again strong opened the receiver key and waited but as the seconds ticked by there was no answer sir do you think he's sucking us into a trap roger whispered maybe replied strong grimly but he knows what would happen to him if he opened fire captain strong captain strong tom's voice suddenly blared over the ship's intercom don't bother me now corbett replied strong irritably but sir tom persisted that isn't the avenger what strong was thunderstruck no sir continued the young cadet 
I'm looking at her right now on my control deck scanner. It's the same model ship as the Avenger, but it isn't Coxine's. Are you sure? Positive, sir. I was on her long enough to know. Blast it! Then what? Roger suddenly interrupted Strong. Sir, look at her over the magnoscope. She's been abandoned. The Solar Guard captain quickly turned to the magnoscope screen. There he saw a close-up view of the target. It was a helpless derelict. All emergency ports were open, and the jet boat locks were empty. Strong's face grew pale, and he slumped back in his chair. What, what do you suppose happened, sir? asked Roger hesitantly. It's easy enough to figure, Strong replied, his voice dull and lifeless. Coxine is using more than one ship now, and when this one was damaged, he simply transferred to another one. He's outfoxed us again. Slowly, with wooden legs, he walked over to the teleceiver. Attention all ships. Resume former search stations. All we've caught here is a red herring. And as the powerful engines of the Polaris picked up speed, Strong imagined he could hear gargantuan laughter echoing in space around him. End of chapter 16